This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, you don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid, dating back to 1999, has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson and Michael Fabiano. Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy exec and fabs coming to you on the day after a uninspiring Super Bowl. But obviously want to give a shout out to the GOAT, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are your Super Bowl 55 champions, Mike. Yeah, man, and it came in a very, as you mentioned, well, it was an uninspiring game, but it was it was shocking, too. Kansas City was never in the game, really. Nope. Right? They scored nine points. They didn't score a touchdown. Like, you got to give all the credit in the world, of course, to Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, which showed up like they were the Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks defense from way back in the day when they no beat up on the Raiders in the Super Bowl. It, it was a shock to me. Most people were picking Kansas City. It was really the first game in a while that I can remember where the Chiefs were thoroughly dominated. We talked about last week how the offensive line issues with Kansas City could potentially come to the forefront, especially with Fisher being out. It did. Tampa Bay was able to get to Mahomes. He did not look like he was 100%. We know there's reports that he's going to have offseason foot surgery. He didn't look right. He was running for his life. He was doing everything that he possibly could to help this team get in the end zone. It did not happen. And Tyreek Hill, I mean, you want to talk about night and day. He went from having the best game of any wide receiver in the entire 2020 regular season against Tampa Bay to really being a non-factor in this one. The most memorable, the two most memorable moments for Tyreek the first one was when he took the football to the face masks instead of catching it in the end zone. <laughs> and then the second one is when he got taunted with the peace sign by the Bucks, And um, that was it. Antonio Winfield threw up the peace sign. That's too. right. As as uh, Hill is often throwing up the peace sign. 
to defenders as he is flying by them. And I think your analysis of the game, Mike, just now was spot on. When you look at it, um, like the, the Buccaneers defense dominated, like you mentioned, Todd Bowles. Now, in last night in the pregame, in the postgame interview, uh, a reporter, I don't know if you saw this, Mike, asked Brian Leftwich, how did he shut down Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> Is that right? Oh, jeez yes. Louise. I didn't see that. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, so Brian Leftwich is kind of like, hey, I'm not uh, Todd Bowles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So oh, uh, definitely a, 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 a oh. very embarrassing moment for that member of the media. But, no, the Buccaneers defense was spot on. Um, They came to play. They dominated the game. They had a very good game plan. Tom Brady actually was spectacular on the other side. Good to see my guys, Rob Gronkowski, and, of course, Antonio Brown get involved and, and, and score touchdowns and get their Super Bowl. It's Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. You got the A's as the American League champion. You got the Tampa Bay Lightning as the NHL's Stanley Cup champion. And now the Super Bowl resides in Florida with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike. And when you look at what they were able to do, Listen, it's just like it looked. It looked like a well-oiled machine on offense. They ran the ball effectively. They was mm-hmm. able to move the ball around. Seeing Gronkowski running up the seam wide open, it had to give you shades of uh, New England and, and of the New England Patriot uh, dynasty. It did, and Gronkowski was cheap on DraftKings too. Cameron mm-hmm. Brait was more expensive uh, on DK than Gronkowski was, and it. And, Kansas City couldn't stop the run at all. I mean, Fournette rushed for, what, 89 and a touchdown. Ronald Jones even had 61 yards on the ground. Uh, Fournette might have played himself back into Tampa Bay's rotation next season. Although, I am releasing my top 20 fantasy free agents for 2021, and I do not have Fournette going back to Tampa Bay because that would not be the best fantasy scenario because I'd rather see one guy be the guy in that, no in that backfield. So it would be Ronald Jones and then the backup, maybe Keyshawn Vaughn. But you guys can check that out on SI.com slash fantasy. It'll be up this week. And, I mean, listen, Fournette was the best running back in the entire playoffs. He was amazing. He scored the most points. He Playoff Lenny, man. I was shocked they didn't give him the football down near the goal line when Ronald Jones got stuffed a few times. I thought, why the hell is Fournette not in the game right now? He's been your best back for the last month plus. But ultimately... It is what it is. If you had told me that the Buccaneers would win this game with Mike Evans having one catch and Chris Godwin having two catches and the wide receivers combining for 40 yards, I'd have thought you were nuts. And here we are. Evans, one for 31 on one target. Godwin, four targets, two catches, nine yards. And the Bucks boat race the Chiefs regardless. Interesting how that took place. Now, when we look at the Kansas City Chiefs and break it down and move it forward, obviously they're already the favorites to win the Super Bowl next season. So, you know, they don't have a lot of work to do. Mainly, Mike, I would say let's start in that backfield, but you don't have to shake that backfield out to get back to the Super Bowl. But for what we do for fantasy purposes, we want to see Clyde the Glide unleashed. We do. And he didn't have a terrible game on the ground. He was 9 for 64. And kind of took more over of the the featured role. But Kansas City couldn't run the ball. They were getting crushed the whole game. And and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I loved Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming out when he got drafted by the Chiefs. I thought he was a first-round pick. And he was a first-round pick. And over the first six games, he was on pace to be a very solid RB1, right? Maybe in that second half of the RB1 group. 
He was on pace for over 1,800 scrimmage yards. He was on pace for, to rush for over 1,300 yards. And then the Chiefs, for some reason, brought in Le'Veon Bell, and it all went to hell. Uh, no, no rhyme or pun intended there. Now, Damian Williams opted out. He's still under contract. That's going to be the big question mark with the glide. Will Williams come back? Ultimately, I'm assuming he will. And will he be the spoiler a la Bell when they acquired him, uh, when they picked him up off of the scrap heap? That's going to be the big one. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is probably going to end up being a second or third round pick as a RB2 in 2021. And ultimately, Corey, he could end up being a bargain. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I think he does come in the ballgame next year, um, especially for those of you who draft early. And, but, and, and people who draft early, I think, will get the discount. By the time we get to August, you know, the late August, early September, I think he can creep back up into that first-round range because running backs tend to push up as you get closer to the start of, in the draft season and the start of the regular season. But mm-hmm. Edwards is a Lear, Mike, is definitely a guy that I would go back on next year, as, as also being the case with Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, and Tyreek Hill. On the defensive side of the ball, though, they need to be able to get some more stops. Yeah, yeah, no question about that. If Kansas City has any any work to do, it is, of course, on the, well, first off, on the offensive line. They need to add depth to the offensive line because, you know, when you lose Schwartz and you lose Fisher, that, that's going to hurt, right? I mean, that that's problematic. And so I feel like depth on the offensive line is going to be an issue. And again, like you said, uh, adding some some points there, some players on the defensive side of the football in the draft will be uh, the key. The Chiefs also have to decide what they're going to do with Sammy Watkins, who is scheduled to be a free agent. I would suggest he would probably go elsewhere. I would also think that they would move McCole Hardman into maybe a more prominent role next season. But ultimately, even, even when Watkins was out, it was really hard to predict, would it be Hardman? Would it be... Demarcus Robinson, would it be Byron Pringle? I mean, the Chiefs have Hill, Kelsey, and everybody else. Yep. And that's and, and that's how it's going to continue to be. So even if Watkins comes back, he's not going to be draftable until the late rounds. You play him in week one and that's it, because he's a week one superhero. And then and then you cut him. I mean, so <laughs> the, you're gonna you're gonna see much of the same in that Chiefs offense next season. But as you mentioned, the defensive side. There's some spots they could use upgrades, and, and I feel like they will focus on that offensive line. Not that it's bad. It's tough to lose you know, two big guys on your line like that, especially Fisher, and that's a serious injury coming off an Achilles. So I think that will be a point of emphasis for them in the offseason. you got to protect look- Mahomes, man. He, did, he, he was banged up, and, and he, he was running for his life in that game. No doubt about it. When you look at the rest of the AFC West, is there anybody close to closing the gap? Do you think the Raiders get any better? The Chargers obviously have the rookie of the year. We'll get into that a little bit later on also. And then you have, you know, uh, you got you got the Broncos, you got the Raiders, the Chargers. Anybody close the gap or no, still clearly I, I Kansas mean, City runs away? Nah, Kansas City's going to run away with it. Denver, Denver might be in the market here. Uh, we know they are in the market, but they might be able to get themselves maybe an upgraded quarterback position via trade. We'll see. Uh, Texans are not are not even uh, you know close to wanting to trade Deshaun Watson. But Denver's they they certainly had interest in Matthew Stafford. Carson Wentz, uh, as we record this right now, remains a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sure the Broncos are probably looking at potentially a deal that could get them Wentz. Maybe 
I just don't have a lot of faith in Drew Locke. The Chargers, talent-wise, I mean, they're probably two in that division. But you bring in an inexperienced guy in Staley to be the coach. Uh, there's some question marks there. And then Staley. the Chargers, the Chargers are, are, are a snake-bitten team Yeah, <laughs> over the last yeah. decade or so. So I, they're going to be better. And, and Herbert's a, a superstar already. I mean, the guy looks like he just got out of prom. He, I, I can't get over how young he looks. But I, Kansas City is still going to be the favorite, I mean, by a mile in that division. When you look at the other side of the football, and we'll get into the cost and win situation, and I want to touch on NFL honors a little bit too. When you look over to the other side of the football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were more or less, like you said, outside of, you know, we don't know the situation in the backfield is going to be with Fournette and, and Rojo and Keyshawn Vaughn. But you know the wide receivers will be back. Tom Brady will be back as well. Well, you don't know about the wide receivers, though, Core. I mean, Chris, God, Chris Godwin's a okay. free agent, right? And think about this. So Tampa's also got Shaq Barrett and Levanta David and Ndam Katsu are all going to be free agents. So, like, if you're the Bucks, are you going to use the tag on Godwin? Uh, no, you're going to probably use it on one of the defensive players, not yeah. Sue, obviously. But you got a lot of really good young players. Like, I would I would not be surprised. And again, I'm, I'm writing this in my column. If Godwin's gone next season, I, I really wouldn't be surprised because they have Evans. They can bring back Antonio Brown, and he won't cost a lot of money. He's I don't know that any other team in the league would be interested in Antonio Brown because it almost seems like with Tom Brady there, he's found a home. He was he was a model citizen for all intents and purposes. So going into next season with Mike Evans, and then you have Antonio Brown as your wide receiver too. And don't you think for a second, if word goes out that Chris Godwin's not going to be back with the Buccaneers, that Julian Edelman's not going to put in a phone call to Tom Brady and say, get me out of here, man. I want to come to Tampa. I guarantee you there's going to be rumors all over the place. Don't be surprised if the Buccaneers' top wide receivers next season are Evans, Brown, and Julian Edelman. I Now it sounds wild. But it, it could happen. And I don't know that the Buccaneers are going to be able to pay Godwin what he's looking for. Time will tell. No, the only thing they can, they can really do is, is sell him on the idea of running it back. Uh, O.J. Howard right. should be back in the mix next year. Yeah, yeah, he should. And uh, not going to have much fantasy value, but he should be back. Remember that it wasn't really until Howard went down that Gronkowski kind of busted out. He started yep. to get more involved in the passing game. He was He was not getting a lot of targets before Howard comes back. Howard is maybe going to have a negative effect on Gronkowski, who also seems to be, he's heading on, uh, you know, coming back. Why not? You know, you try to defend the title again. I'm sure Gronkowski would love to do that with his guy, Brady, who simply just doesn't age. He just gets better. So I think that that uh, that that's another weapon for Brady. But from a fantasy perspective, I don't know that O.J. Howard's going to do much. I, I'm kind of off O.J. Howard ever since a couple of seasons ago when I really loved him, thought he would have a great season in Tampa and uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> so I, I, I'm a bit shy on, uh, on OJ Howard, especially if Gronkowski is going to be the back. The thing with OJ Howard is he is super duper talented. I think he needs to be on a different team. Uh, Bruce Arians doesn't feature the tight end. Tom, Tom Brady does. So you got a back and forth going on there, but I think how much talent is there. I just think the situation is wrong. And it's kind of racist the first half of his career or the first quarter of his career. Interesting to see how that one plays out. Let's hop into some of the other news from over the weekend, Mike, and let's just start with situation in Philadelphia right now. It's very interesting because here's the thing. If you are going to fire Doug Peterson, 
then why are you trading Carson Wentz? Dude, I don't know. It, it seemed like the hires that they made. They kept Peterson. It's, it's, it, I, I'm not sure. Like, you know, Corey, we never know. You've been doing You're this right. for a Peterson long time. Peterson may have wanted to leave. Yep. Right. I, well, he may have wanted to leave or just the, the relationship was just so fractured at that point that it was, it was not going to be repaired. Who knows? You know, we never know what's going on behind the scenes. But from a fantasy perspective, this is the best case scenario. Give me Jalen Hurts. Inject him into my veins. I freaking love him. I loved him coming out. When he went to Philadelphia, I was bummed because I thought, damn, he's not going to have a shot to, to be the guy right away. Ultimately, he did get that shot. He was very good. He took the opportunity and ran with it, uh, both literally and figuratively. And now he's going to be the guy. He could be a top 10 quarterback, brother. He could be a top 10 quarterback in fantasy next season easily, easily with what he can do on the ground and with his arm. And I'll give you a little teaser to my column, but how about the Eagles add Chris Godwin? Mm. How about that? You pair him with Rieger. Deshaun Jackson will probably retire. He won't be back. Alshon's done. He's gone. Yeah. Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz will be gone. You're going to have a very different looking and a very attractive looking Eagles pass attack if that kind of move happens. And I mean, the Eagles could also draft a wide receiver too. That's that's certainly within the realm of possibility because they have a high draft pick. But Godwin would be a nice fit there, man. So now you let Wentz, you get on and give him a shot to change teams. Maybe the grass will be greener on the other side. I would think the two teams that are most likely in on Wentz, one of them is obvious, it's the Colts, because you got the connection with Frank Reich. And then the other one is the Bears. Like, you think they want to go into next season with Nick Foles or Trubisky? Hell no. What's crazy is that the rumors, whether or not they're they're actually based in any kind of fact or not, who knows, it's the internet. The rumors are that the Eagles would be trading Wentz and getting back Nick Foles ironically enough, Tariq Cohen's name. They can't get enough. I know. Well, Philadelphia is the only place he's ever been any good. Tariq (laughs) Cohen's name's been bandied about, of course, a first-round pick. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that's going to happen. But this is a great scenario for fantasy owners. Wentz will get drafted across the board in fantasy as a QB, too, if he lands in the right spot, man. Give him a shot. Like, it didn't work out in Philadelphia. He was great. A couple of seasons ago, he was the MVP, and then he went down against the Rams, and then, of course, you know, Big Nick took over and and won the Super Bowl, but Wentz was playing at an MVP level that season, so let's see him go someplace else and see if maybe he can't turn things around. Yeah, no doubt. I think the Carson Wentz situation is going to be interesting. News should probably break on that shortly. I could see this being a situation where a trade could already been in place, but they kind of want to let the Super Bowl die down and not really take the shine right, away right. from Tom Brady and, and, and what he was able to do uh, over the weekend. Um, Speaking of over the weekend and most valuable player awards, NFL honors took place. Let's start with the Hall of Fame class, Mike. Legendary, legendary Hall of Fame class. Um, Let's just, you know, some of the top names, obviously Charles Woodson, Peyton right. Manning, Calvin Johnson, uh, all go in along with, you know, John Lynch, Alan Fanica. Then you get a look at our guy, Mike, yes, the original finally. 88. Drew Pearson goes so into the Hall of him. Fame. So happy for him. That's going to be fun to to watch him. Especially for years if we're there. And years well, we'll be there and, for the oh, um, Yeah, yeah. We won't be there that weekend. But when we go, if we get a chance to go out to Canton, um, yeah. uh, the bus will not be there yet. But uh, we'll be there yeah. a couple weeks before then. But yeah, nah, Drew Pearson's in. 
Yeah, man. I, I'm so happy for him. Drew was one of my favorite Cowboys growing up. I mean, if you grew up uh, in the in the 80s as a Cowboys fan, you know, late 70s, early 80s, then you, you know uh, Drew Pearson, probably one of your favorite players. I loved him. Going, I mean, he, he's he's had so many great moments in in the NFL. You know, the Hail Mary uh, with with Roger Staubach. Drew Pearson was a was a heck of a wide receiver back in his day. He had that combo with Tony Hill, remember? And then you had Irvin and Harper. The Cowboys always had like the duo, the combos yep. there for years and years and years. So good for good for Drew Pearson and everybody who deserved to get in got in. Although. I was hoping Reggie Wayne got in. I mean, I know Reggie Wayne a little bit. He's a really good dude. I was hoping he'd get in. I think ultimately he will. I think Reggie Wayne gets in next year. Tory Holt will get in at some point too, without question. His numbers are are fantastic, but uh, a pretty a pretty solid class. And let's hope that we can actually celebrate it in Canton and get through this this damn pandemic that is just continuing to make our lives very difficult and uh, hectic. Let's put it that way. No doubt, Alan Fanica, John Lynch, uh, Bill Nunn also, uh, and Tom Flores also all gets in yep. a humongous NFL Hall of Fame class. Obviously, the MVP award was kind of wrapped up. We knew it was going to Aaron Rodgers. He takes that one down. Um, your rookie of the year in Justin Herbert, you know, just, you know, he accidentally gets in the starting lineup as, mm-hmm. as bad luck happens to Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. And, Mike, he had one of the all-time, if not the all-time, best season as a rookie quarterback the only quarterback who's ever had a better rookie season from a fantasy perspective is cam newton yep. and, and he from a passing perspective yep. nobody has because cam run the ball ran the ball like crazy scored a ton of touchdowns i'm not sure exactly how many off the top of my head but cam cam's best ability was running it justin herbert and so many people like scouts guys who who do this for a living People had questions about whether or not Herbert was going to be a good NFL quarterback. He got thrust into the role and boom, we got Dan Fouts part two, maybe better. <laughs> good for the Chargers. I like him. He's good for, he's good for the league and he's great for the Chargers. I just hope the Chargers don't remain snake bitten like they have been. They got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of talent on offense and defense. It's not going to take much for them to be a playoff contender. I don't think they'll beat the Chiefs. It doesn't. It won't take much for them to contend for the postseason. They they they've just got to make a few moves, get their guys healthy. Hope they don't have another devastating defensive injury in training camp, which seems to happen every, every single year. year. Yep. They have a lot of talent, man. Mike uh, Chase Young and Aaron Donald win the defensive awards for defensive rookie of the year and defensive player of the year. Kevin Stefanski wins the the the, the gig, wins the award for head coach of the year. I thought Flores, not Flores. I thought yeah, Flores uh, down in Miami might have got screwed out of that one. But Cleveland made the playoffs. That's it was their best yeah. season in forever. Yeah, yeah. They. I, I'm not surprised that Stefanski did deserve it. Yeah, Flores was tremendous too. And I think Flores, maybe this upcoming season, Miami gets to the playoffs, maybe he you know, he gets his name etched into that award. But Stefanski deserved it. He was tremendous. I mean, he took, he took a, a Browns franchise that had been, uh, well, I mean, I, I don't even want to say mired in mediocrity because they're not even mediocre. They were just crap Terribleness. forever. Yeah. And... Turned him into a playoff team. And now people in Cleveland are excited about the Browns. And and well should they be. I mean, that's he, he did he did a hell of a job. He did what a lot of young head coaches can't do. He went in there and made an impact and 
with the talent that he had, put together a a playoff team and a team that ultimately went into Kansas City, uh, lost to the Chiefs at Arrowhead, which is, I mean, it's hard to, to win a game there. But they competed, man. The, the Browns, the Browns and their fans have a lot to look forward to in the next uh, in the next several seasons there with Baker Mayfield under center and that that ridiculous backfield duo they got there and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Offensive player of the year goes to Derrick Henry. No doubt about that. No shock. Here's interesting. Here's what interesting is. Here's one that's interesting, excuse me. The play of the year goes to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, right. the, the Hail Murray play. Uh-huh. You know, I can make a very good argument that the play of the year was that DK Metcalf rundown on Sunday Night Football. No, I, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. That was that was impressive for the big guy to 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 run down. Who is it? Uh, Baker, right? That he ran yep. down and tackled. But ultimately, when you're a big name wide receiver and you come down with a pass in between what three defenders? Yeah, and it, it it's a hail Murray. And you in give this case. Uh, Jump Man the greatest promotion to ever get in their right. life. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised that that one won it. That was the only game the Bills had lost in forever. That's the last game they, they lost until they got beat in the postseason. That was yeah. the, that was the the last game they got beat. They they would have they would have what went? What did they go? Thirteen and three? Did they go thirteen mm-hmm. and three? Twelve? They they could have went fourteen and two. I mean, if it had not for, been for that uh, for that ridiculous play, but. I mean, I'm I'm not surprised that that was the uh, I'm not surprised that that was the winner there. I think the what what would what would have been like the fantasy play of the year? I wonder. I'd have to go back and look and see like what was the what was the highest scoring single fantasy play in the 2020 campaign. Maybe we'll bring that back on Thursday show. Yeah, that's an interesting one right there. Uh, I remember. I wish. I wish. I can't remember. I know Lance Moore was one of them. But um, it was uh, I remember the year that when I had the big win over at the Fancy Football World Championship, the Big Ten K Cash. I remember, I Lance Moore threw a touchdown pass to a Saint running back, and I had ah, both okay. of them in my lineup. And I'm talking about I was hitting the roof. It was like week. It was like it, it was like it was like week thirteen. I was like, you got to be kidding me! But no, you did see some big fancy performances down the stretch this year. If you had to pick a fantasy player of the year. I guess it's kind of hard not to go with Derrick Henry, right? Well, I mean, Alvin Kamara, dude. I, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. I can go with Alvin Kamara, bro. I, Kamara was the guy who scored 100 touchdowns on Christmas Day yeah, when you need the most. He led all running backs in fantasy points, and he had that three or four-game stretch where Taysom Hill was a quarterback where he was average. He wasn't all yeah. that great. But I'd have to go with Kamara. All right, Mike, before we get with him on Thursday, what else is coming up for you later on this week on SI.com? Yeah, man. So again, I've got the 20, the top 20 fantasy free agents. That one's going to be coming up later on in the week. I'm also going to be dipping into my top 200 dynasty picks. And this one's always fun for me because, you know, it's Valentine's Day coming up this weekend. So I always put out my top 10 fantasy man crushes for 2021. And I bet you can probably guess already. Because <laughs> I mentioned, I already mentioned, I already mentioned one of them on the show today, so that'll be up later on in the week, and that's always a very fun column to write. And of course, 
if and when Carson Wentz gets traded, we will have it covered. Soup to nuts. No, that's where you go right there. Once again, before we get up out of here, Michael, I do want to thank you very much. It was a it was a great season, a lot of fun doing this with you week in and week out, my man. Yeah, man, it's been great. And now, now that I'm with SI full time, we're going to keep doing this every single week. We're going to have podcasts every single week. So you guys out there don't miss anything because you know the offseason. Well, it's not really an offseason in the NFL. We go 365 here. So keep downloading, keep listening. And we all appreciate you guys uh, downloading and listening every single week. So stay with us because... Corey and I aren't going right, anywhere, you go man. right there for start. Michael Fabiano's Corey Parson, the fantasy executive of the SI Fantasy Podcast. Compliments of DraftKings. We are out.